This is episode 43 of Kicker and the Waterboy, a sports podcast presented by Good Vibes and Positivity. We picked some great official sponsors now that we have, you know, NIL rights. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 43. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope you all have a great week, or two. I forget now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've lost track as well, but it is July, that I can keep track of. It's pretty boring most years in terms of sports, but this year we're blessed with a handful of major topics we can discuss. And let's get started with the uh, third round of the NBA playoffs, which is complete, but let's take a look back at it. Absolutely, yeah. So let's start with our third round reaction. And this is a question we've been forced to ask many times this postseason. How different would this playoffs be if everyone was fully healthy? Yeah, it's hard to think about, really. There have just been so many major injuries throughout the entire postseason. I had a list in one of these prep documents that I didn't end up using, but you have a Kawhi Leonard injury, you have um, two out of three Brooklyn Nets being injured. Even before the playoffs, you have Jamal Murray out for the year for the Nuggets, and that sort of ended their run. Uh, the Lakers had to deal with injuries all year. So this is a dramatically different playoffs if everyone is fully healthy. But um, honestly, I'm here for the chaos. <laughs> yeah, it certainly added, uh, like you said, some chaos to the NBA playoffs. But I agree with you. It would be much, much different. Specifically, the Nets is who I'm thinking of. You know, they were just hampered by injuries all year. So in a sense, they were kind of used to it when the time came for the playoffs, but the fact still remains they weren't as strong. And I think if uh, Kyrie was healthy and the whole time and Hardman was healthy the whole time along with Durant, they'd probably be in the finals right now rather than the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the main reason we asked the question is that there were a handful of major ones that impacted round three, and that was uh, Kawhi Leonard being out for, I believe, the whole series for the Clippers. Uh, Trey Young and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I probably said that wrong, but he was out as well. But uh, let's focus on the Clippers really quickly. Uh, would you say that this season was a success for them? I would say this. They had never made a conference finals before, and just the fact that they made one um, is something to build off of going to next season. And I think... You know, they they definitely found a coach in Ty Lu. I'm not totally sure about the the contract situation with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, but I think it was a success because they reached a level they had before and because they've done that it gives them something to build off of for the next season. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They uh they broke new ground, went somewhere they hadn't before, just like you said. Um and they uh they got a good performance out of Paul George, I would say, too. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to pan out, but I would say that Ty Lue, uh, he, he could be their coach for a while, and I certainly hope so. Um, but, yeah, I think if they can put, like, another piece or two in there for a relatively low cost, the Clippers can jump from uh, from this, like, making the conference finals and being happy to trying to win the whole thing. 
most certainly. And you think, um, do you think this ends the like playoff P joke about Paul George? I hope so, and like it, it will for me. Um, the joke is that uh, after one monster performance a couple of years ago in the playoffs, Paul George called himself Playoff P, and since then he has been terrible in the playoffs. <laughs> this year, I feel like he's kind of shaken that off. Um, like, he carried the team without its number one star, I would say, when Kawhi Leonard. Um, he carried them to two wins, including one, like, with their backs against the wall um, against a team that was head and shoulders better than them in the Phoenix Suns. So I would say that, yes, Paul George, um, he is back. Playoff P is gone. Until the next playoffs, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the playoff P, uh, I guess, Joker reference is, is off. I mean, you know, like just like you said, Kawhi Leonard was out. Paul George needed to step up, and he did. And, um, you know, kudos to him for that. That was quite impressive. And I think that the playoff P moniker is no longer deserving until perhaps next playoffs but for now playoff P is no more yes sir and uh just a quick comparison on the two teams that exited in this round three which of them seems more built for success moving forward is it going to be the clippers or is it the atlanta hawks Mm, that's a good question i'm gonna go with the hawks probably probably because they're younger and the East doesn't seem as stacked. That's all. I'd agree with that. And then uh, just one more reason to add on. You mentioned earlier Kawhi Leonard's contract. He can opt out in this year. I don't think that he will. Um, I think he'll stay for at least one more year until the contract is up. But, um, but yeah, there's just that looming over them the whole offseason. Plus, like you said, with the uh, East being wide open for a playoff run, I'd say the uh, the Hawks are in good shape. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on now. Uh, continue with basketball, actually. Let's move on to the current stage. Tomorrow night is Game 3 of the NBA Finals, Bucks versus Suns. Ryan, what was your initial reaction to this matchup? Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, these are two... Pretty small markets, I guess you would say. Although Phoenix has a couple million people. Um, it's markets that, like, over the past, I don't know, 10 years, they haven't had a bunch of success. Uh, Milwaukee's been good recently, but for pretty much most of the 2010s, neither of these teams were, like, you know, in good shape. They could never make a run at all in the playoffs, and now they've made it to the finals. And uh, I'm really happy that it wasn't, you know, just a foregone conclusion like at the beginning of the season, like Warriors, Cavs, and stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I really just wanted something different with the playoffs this year rather than predictable. Um, you know, LeBron and the Lakers going out earlier is like, oh, okay, because they were the underdogs, but with LeBron, it doesn't ever feel like the underdogs. And then there are no Warriors, and even the Nets, the superstar, Latin Nets weren't in it, and so I, I couldn't be more thrilled about the Bucks suns matchup. Mm-hmm. Yep, so Game 3, that's tomorrow night, as you said. 
Phoenix currently leads 2-0, and how have they done that? Well, I think they took you from High School Musical. We're all in this together. And <laughs> a lot of it was spurred by, I think, Chris Paul. I mean, he, he gets everyone involved, and <laughs> he's run the show for him. And um, I think he's definitely, wherever he goes, it feels like the, the, the team he's on has success. And that certainly couldn't be more true than with the Suns this year. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, Christopher Emmanuel Paul. He's, he's done a great job. Um, like, yeah, he's a great facilitator for this offense. Um, like you said, he gets everyone involved from the other stars and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to some of the more like role players and sixth men like Jay Crowder and players like that. Um, like He was the piece that they needed. I think at our preview at the start of the year, I thought that the Suns needed one more piece, but I was wrong. It is, uh, it, it is Chris Paul, I would say. He's exactly what they need. Man, what a memory. Milwaukee come back from a down 2-0 before. Um, how can they do it again here? Hmm. Well, I'd say that these first couple games, they haven't been blowouts. Like, uh... Like, even in the Brooklyn series, those first two games were kind of blowouts, and I thought they didn't have a chance to come back. Um, but the fact that they've, you know, had a lead in the first half of both games, I think in game two they were up maybe 10 points in the first. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, if they can just hold on to that instead of lose the lead to the Suns, well, that's expert analysis. If they hold the lead, they should win. <laughs> but, but, um,. But yeah, I mean, Giannis has been injured, like we can all see that, and he's still done very well, but I think that he needs like his other teammates to step up and uh, carry them to a Game 3 win. Absolutely. I think the key, well, here's the key here. They need to win these next two games. They're at home. If they let the Phoenix Suns win one game, then I think they go back to two more games in Phoenix. No. It, uh, no, I'm wrong about that. No, Maybe you're good. One and one, and then another. Yeah. By the way, they didn't win these two games because then game. Yeah, they didn't win these two because, if yeah, if the Phoenix Suns get one more, then they're going to be at home, and we'll probably win. So it's key that they take advantage of being on a home court, and I, like you also mentioned, teammates need to step up. Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday. Even Lopez, I mean, that he was kind of balling when Giannis was out in the last series for a little while. Um, those guys need to have big games, and I think if they can do that, I think they could definitely make this a more competitive series than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yep, so on Kicker and the Waterboy, we are very interested in the concept of free throws. What do you think about uh, Giannis's free throws? Your lunch buddy, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, he, he certainly takes his time, um, <laughs> not, definitely not rushing it, um, I think it'd be better if it went in if he took that long, but I'm not one to be judging free throw shooting percentage, given my own. Mm-hmm, I mean, me neither, but, um. Yeah, if you're going to wait that long to shoot a free throw, you better make it. 
Like, <laughs> I think I took probably six free throws in the time it takes him to take one. And I mean, we both missed all of them. Yeah. But which one of us is better, the one that shoots more and misses more, or the one that shoots less and misses the same? I'd say, I'd say you, because... It rips the bandaid off quicker, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just like delay. Oh no, where it's just like oh miss, okay. Mm-hmm. I think um, a uh, a legend once said, "You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take." In our case, you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you do. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've forgotten who said that. But um, whoever it is, legend. Absolute legend. All right, circling back now. Who are you rooting for this series, and who do you think will win? Hmm. At this point, I'm just rooting for a long series. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully a seven-game series. I saw something on ESPN about how every uh, five years there's an incredible NBA Finals. And this is the fifth year, so I'm hoping for seven games. I'm going to root for Phoenix, though, just because they came you know, straight out of nowhere and... Uh, They've, you know, come all all the way to the top. Uh, I'm going to root for them. And also, they have a really cool court and logo and mascot. So, that, that's the uh, dynamic trio. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Suns as well. I feel like Chris Paul has had too good of a career not to have won an NBA title. I know a lot of people say, oh, what will a championship do for his legacy? Honestly, I don't think not much. I mean, he's top five all-time assists. Um, he's a either nine-time or eleven-time All-Star, something like that. And you know, everywhere he's gone, every team he's gone to, they've gotten significantly better when he joined. And I think the championship when he's going to be a first first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, regardless of whether he wins or not. Just the championship would. Be a cherry on top, and one that I think would would mean a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, quick prediction in how many games? I forgot about that part. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I'll say Suns and six. Just because I'm hoping long series, I'll take Suns and seven. All right, and we'll now move on to our final big story of the uh, of the show. It's soccer slash football time. Uh, let's focus on the Euros and Copa America in Europe and South America. So starting off in Europe, uh, the final is going to be tomorrow, England versus Italy. Is England actually good? Oh, boy. <laughs> As that seems to be the million-dollar question. And it's like with the Dallas Cowboys every year. You hear so much, but... It's like, well, they're actually good. Who knows? I'm gonna say, yeah, I think I think they're pretty good. I mean, they've made it all the way to the finals, so it hasn't been like some fluke stretch of two games or something. You know, they made their way there, and I think they'll be competitive with Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, at least Cowboys fans don't say it's coming home. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, England, um, they've had a great tournament, and uh, I think that their biggest success so far has been like their strikers have been on point. Uh, Harry Kane, uh, Raheem Sterling, Phil Foden. It's a very impressive 
top line that they turn out or put out for games. So the fact that those players have actually been converting like their minutes into goals, uh, that's pushed England over the top this year. Yeah, and on the other side, the Italians, they've been pretty much dominant so far this tournament. Uh, what are your, what's your analysis there, I guess? Uh, they had a pretty long shutout streak, but really I don't care about that. My main question is, why do they wear blue? Like, their flag, it's red, white, and green. And no- nowhere in there is blue. However, their jerseys, all blue. That, that's my biggest question about Italy. Yeah, next time I get um, get lunch with Gigi Buffon, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> Although, actually, he's the goalie, so he doesn't wear all the blue. But actually, he'll probably know. He's old enough, experienced enough, has yeah. enough clout. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. have to ask him. For sure. Um, so, uh, Denmark, they made the uh, semifinals and went into extra time with England after losing uh, Christian Eriksen at the start of the tournament after a, uh, a cardiac event. Like, he is uh, recovering now, and I, uh, I think he's doing well. But um, would you say that they're, you know, runaway best feel-good story this year? I'm trying to think of other possible feel-good stories this year. Yeah, I, I, I would go with Denmark. Making the semifinals of a major international soccer tournament. Honestly, I feel like they probably should have won that game. I think that for penalty kicks, you shouldn't be able to re- like get a rebound from it, but that's a different discussion. And also, there's a laser in the goalie space beforehand, which you, know, you can't play the whole match all over again, but that was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I think they're definitely the best feel-good story so far this year. And I imagine they'll probably have success in the World Cup as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, they had some like really impressive goals this tournament, too. Um, so like that, that's all been good. Um, and like we're really happy that uh, Christian Eriksen is like doing a lot better now. So. So that was a dramatic start to the tournament when he went down with uh, with like that injury. But the fact that uh, the whole country really was able to rally around that, and his teammates were able to you know make it all the way to the uh, the final four, that's a big success. Yeah, certainly. So which power country per se seems to be in the most trouble heading into next year's World Cup? I would say that it's Germany. Uh, they kind of had a tough draw in this tournament, like being in the group of death with, I believe, Portugal and, uh, I don't know, there was one other really impressive country in there too. And I'm not knocking Hungary or anything. They were in that group as well. And they were just a bit overmatched. But anyway, uh, they lost to England in the round of 16. They didn't score. Um, and like the... I don't know, maybe like the remaining people from the 2014 World Cup champions, like they're all old now, I would say. So Germany could be in some trouble heading into uh, Qatar uh, next year. Certainly, yeah. 
I was I was gonna go with Germany as well. It seems like kind of the old guard per se from past tournaments is is older. You know, you have um, the famous space interpreter Thomas Mueller, and he's <laughs> you know getting up there, and you have uh, Neuer. He's getting older, although they look pretty good at goalie with Ter Stegen, I believe, as the backup, and other players I'm not thinking of. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it feels like all of their stars are getting older, and they're still Germany, so they're still good, but they don't have as much younger talent right now to take all the all the slots of players from the past tournaments. So I would say Germany's in the most trouble, and in the next year's World Cup. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's the final: Italy versus England. Who wins? I'm going to say Italy. Italy, but it's going to be low score, maybe 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take the Italians 2-1. to one. I like it. Anyway, moving on to the other side of the world. Brazil and Argentina will face off for the Copa America. Thoughts on the tournament so far? Uh, really, I haven't followed it too much, but... Um, it's fitting that these teams, you know, end up in the uh, in the final together. Uh, they were in different groups, and I believe they both won their uh, like won the groups that they were in. They've not exactly cakewalked their way to the finals, but um, but yeah, there hasn't been too much pressure. So I'm excited that we're gonna see, you know, what looks like it'll be a great game either tonight or tomorrow night. I'm not certain on the date. I believe it's tomorrow night. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's kind of as expected. Brazil and Argentina have consistently been probably the best two teams in South America for a while. And I think it should be a a good matchup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep, it'll be a good matchup. And then... Probably the most interesting, like head-to-head matchup, will be uh, Messi versus Neymar. Uh, this could be one of the final times that they face off in international play. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how old they are, but uh, which one do you think will have the better game? Um, I guess it depends on what you mean by better game. Better game, like football-wise, or better flopping game, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I mean, they're they're both talented guys, and but I so hard to predict. Mm-hmm. I'll say this though: I I would love to see Argentina, and as a result, Messi win, because I'm sure it's been hard hearing Messi. It's been hard for him hearing how oh you haven't you know won a trophy for Argentina yet, and I think that I imagine it would have probably annoys him at some point. <laughs> you know, he could have chosen Spain, but no, he chose to play for Argentina. And I think he definitely wants to to win a title in, in the 20... What was it? 14 World Cup? Did they make the final? Yeah. And they lost to Germany on... Uh, oh my goodness. What's that guy's name? Mario Goetze. Mario Goetze. What a legend. Anyway, the game-winning goal by Goetze... And that was a really tough loss. So I'd love to see Argentina win. 
and I imagine both those guys will have good games tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they'll probably both have good performances. Uh, I'm going to say Messi's better because he has to be better for Argentina to have a chance. I think he'll you know, step up and have a really good game. And in terms of who wins it, I'm going to say Brazil wins. I'll say I'll go 2-1 to one in extra time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think Brazil is probably going to win there. Just better all around. And I'm going to say 2-1 to one as well. 